The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTOT, the extra show beyond pft live where we talk about some things that we didn't get to and maybe talk about some things we did get to but we want to talk about it some more let's start by talking about what chris long is talking about when it comes to aaron donald former teammate with the then st louis rams remember chris long left the rams before they moved to la spent some time with the eagles and the patriots before retiring but uh chris long said recently that he knew that aaron donald would be a hall of famer from his first practice that's how good the guy was and Chris I how did the guy not get picked higher if it was that obvious that the guy was that good because the the height weight speed measurables were not the proper formula for the position or was unseen almost like you know a quarterback that's short where we just go oh I don't know so Aaron Donald was kind of one of the first test cases as far as that undersized defensive tackle can a guy that's you know 280 pounds really be a three technique defensive tackle and handle double teams against NFL offensive linemen. You know, I just think that everybody saw the talent, but I think everybody was scared of the fact that it had not been done that way at that position. That's the biggest thing. But Mike, that does happen. You know, I, I, I was, I was, uh, Fortunate enough to be around some big draft picks, right? Like that, you know, like Cadillac Williams was the top five pick running back from Auburn. As soon as we got him, I was like, man, the first practice, I was like, ooh, this guy's legit. He's going to be one of the better running backs in the NFL. Aqib Tlaib, Mike, first practice ever. He had two interceptions, and he was covering receivers, and I went, oh, guy's going to be special. Like, this guy is going to be a superstar corner. You knew it right away, and that's what's cool to hear Chris Long talk that way about Aaron Donald. Wait, you were on the same team with Aqib Tlaib? My rookie, uh, his rookie year, when he got drafted out of Kansas, I was still on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, yep. And he, he 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 was he was a wild child, as Raheem Morris called him. He was a wild child, and they knew that. And you know, anybody that's been around Aqib Tlaib, he's an awesome guy, bright smile, always good mood, like one of my favorite teammates I was ever with. Uh, and yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He was a little wild. Exactly right. Like not in a mean way, but he was wild. And the Bucks knew that. But man, he could play. Mike like uh, just you know just one of those guys as soon as he stepped on the field I said oh he's a little different than the rest of these guys out here and I'm not shocked to see that he's having the career he's had I know this is supposed to be about Aaron Donald but I need to add one thing yeah keep to leave his rookie year that was when they used to do the rookie symposium where they would send all the rookies to Canton for a few days right. he got into a fight with one of his Tampa Bay teammates at the rookie symposium where you know they're trying to teach these guys how to you know, not get in trouble, and they got into a fight, I know, an I actual fight right. at the symposium. I can't Running remember back. who it was, who the heck he got in the fight with, but you're right. I do remember yeah. that now that you're saying that. I had forgotten about that, but I'm not shocked by that either. Akeem's going to say what is on his mind, and Akeem, if you challenge him, he certainly is not going to back down. 
Well, what Chris Long said about Aaron Donald is, I've never seen anybody work so hard who had so much talent and play so violently and play with such tenacity. The guy would fight you on the field at the drop of a hat, and I respect that about him. He outworks everybody. I'd be the last person in the film room, usually at the end of camp, and I would go in there and watch tape once. Everybody was at home. I started going in there and opening the door and turning the lights on to find my pen or notebook, and he was in there every night. So works hard puts in the effort, has the God-given ability, and one of the best interior defensive linemen the game yeah. has ever seen. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are at a weird spot at the running back position because they've added Frank Gore, they've got T.J. Yeldon, they drafted a rookie, and LaShawn McCoy is still there. And recently, LaShawn McCoy had some comments about his his age. He's going to be 31. He, he expects to be motivated by that, even though he had a down year in 2018. T.J. Yeldon says he expects a – wait a minute. Have I screwed this up? No. Is T.J. Yeldon's with the Bills, right? Yes, you're right. I always you're get T.J. Yeldon. I get T.J. Yeldon mixed up with the guy the 49ers signed. The, uh, Who's the guy the 49ers signed Coleman. from? The, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. I've That's been doing that I've since those guys got head. drafted. That's the first time I, I've ever I, seen your cheeks get red. Like you were embarrassed I'm, a little I bit thought there. I, I thought I screwed something up and we we're going to have to retape it. Now we don't have to retape it and we can we can be totally transparent that I had a little bit of a brain fart. That's I good. I had a Ben Roethlisberger brain fart, kind of live, but not really live. See, what we ordinarily would do, I used to do these one topic at a time, Chris. Right. So that was a point where we'd scrap it and start over. But what the hell? Let's keep rolling. Yeah, we're transparency. Good. I saw TJ Yeldon and I thought Tevin Coleman. And I don't know why. I'm telling you. I think they were drafted the same year. From the year they were, for whatever reason, I've had this mental block, T.J. Yeldon, Tevin Coleman, and, and I can, and I always get them mixed up. So anyway, it's T.J. Yeldon who is yes. also on that Bills depth chart, and he said he expects a heated competition. And LaShawn McCoy expects to have a job. Yeah. I, I expect he's going to get squeezed. He's due to make more than $6 million this year. And I think that uh, – um, it could get very interesting, especially if T.J. Yeldon, not Tevin Coleman, is right about the heated competition because Frank Gore is still legit. Yeah. And and he does not nearly get the respect he deserves. And uh, McCoy's been talking about the, the motivation he's received from watching Gore. Gore's going to motivate himself right into a job, and it could be McCoy who's on the outside looking in, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if a guy like TJ Yeldon, Gore, okay, let's not forget they drafted Devin Singletary, who's a lot like LaShawn McCoy in theory as a player, the kind of guy that'll break your ankles out in, you know, open space. That if those three kind of prove themselves to be a worthy trio or, you know, running back by committee, yeah, LaShawn McCoy would be one of those veteran guys that I'd go, ooh, he could get released during training camp or something like that. I don't think that's like totally out of the realm of possibilities with evaluating this. Now, you know, I still think LaShawn McCoy's got some talent left. It's going downhill, definitely. Uh, he's actually surprised me with the, the play being as good as it's been at this age for as much wear and tear as he has on his tires. But uh, that is going to be a legit competition there. I think that's going to be a new offense in Buffalo, and I expect a lot of big things. And, of course, that's a big position for they're running the New England type of offense. They need guys that can do a lot of different things within there and find their role within that, that Patriot scheme that they're running in Buffalo. And I feel like LaShawn McCoy is one of those guys who is just enough of a pain in the butt that when you do detect slippage in his skills, you want to say bye. Yeah. Between that and the money, I think what they're going to do is they're going to squeeze him to take a lot less at some point in August. I think they're going to say to him, look, you you just, you're six million plus 
is not justified by the production that you gave us last year and what we anticipate this year. So you take a pay cut or you take a hike. And when you approach a guy with that kind of an alternative in, in August, what are his choices? Yeah. Now, maybe he gets lucky and there's a running back who gets injured somewhere else. Maybe Tevin Coleman gets injured in San Francisco and that creates an opening for him. But, uh, but either way, the Bills – Running back position, unsettled, and do not assume LaShawn McCoy is going to be with that team as of week one. And, yes, it's TJ Yeldon with the Bills, Tevin Coleman with the 49ers. I'm going to keep reminding myself of that over the next few weeks. So I have it down pat when we come back from hiatus, or my hiatus may be permanent. All right, Devontae Adams, top receiver for the Green Bay Packers currently, and he was raving about a guy that Chris Sims identified before anyone else as a potential great player, Darnell Savage, the safety who ended up being a first-rounder. People were like, why is he a first-rounder? Well, just ask Chris. You were all over it, and now Devontae Adams, after an off-season program, a believer in Darnell Savage. Yeah, and you know, the thing that, that, that that's interesting here, too, is a lot of the comments you heard about were, like, mental-wise. Oh, the guy's smart. He knows how to play can do all these different positions that's what was encouraging to me Mike because the physical aspect of him is mind-blowing you know me rockets up your butt well this guy's got two rockets up his butt that's how fast he is he is a game changer on that side of the ball and can do you know in the box uh safety play he could go out and cover a slot receiver man-to-man and be on them like glue and then of course he could play the free safety position and just be a center field back there and react to balls and break on it and do that way but he is a jack of all trades and a special special talent uh he was a guy I didn't really start to watch and get to towards the end of the draft process period and when I watched him I wrote down oh my gosh this is a first round safety this is special and that's why we're expecting some big things in Green Bay with that defense this year I mean they they legit got some good personnel there this year to where I think they could be a top 10 defense or should be a top 10 defense uh the uh yeah I I agree with you and and look we focus so much on that offense Having Mike Patton still there, having it uh, an opportunity to, to to gel a little bit more. It's an aggressive attack, and we, we get so caught up sometimes with one side of the ball for yeah. a given team, we just completely lose sight that the other side may be good enough to be the right kind of complement to help exactly, the original side of the ball do even better. We free, we get yeah. I don't know if it's a fantasy football thing or what, right? But it's the the two sides come together and influence greatly the better your defense is the better your offense is going to be the better your offense is the better your defense is going to be for a variety of positions points game conditions right field position turnovers everything right exactly yes yeah you're exactly right we do we we usually pin it to one side of the ball or the sexiest aspect of the team and really the good teams do play complementary football to where their basic premises of what they do on defense matches what they'd want to do on offense so they can play that complete team game and yeah, I think that's what's going to be interesting about Green Bay because I think it's for the first time in a long time with Aaron Rodgers that we're going to go, okay, there's actually a run game that teams have to worry about. And then I think we're also going to be, able, ooh, this is a, they, they got a defense to where Aaron Rodgers isn't going to feel like he's got to push the envelope and score 28 points a game. He might be able to play a different game this year and go, no, I think we can win this game 20 to 17 and I don't need to take the chances or do that type of stuff. So that's what I'm really interested to see uh, how it all unfolds up in Green Bay. There's been some tension between the Detroit Lions and receiver Calvin Johnson that traces to the Lions' decision to seek repayment of at least a million dollars from Calvin Johnson when he retired without fully earning all of the signing bonus money he had received on his final contract. And Calvin Johnson's made it clear 
You want to make nice with me? You got to pay me my money back. Barry Sanders, a guy who had to pay money back to the Lions when he retired 20 years ago, he seems to think they should be able to work this out. But, you know, Calvin Johnson seems to be completely and totally dug in. It's simple. It's clear. And, you know, Calvin Johnson could have just dug in his heels and forced the Lions to cut him. And I think they would have cut him. He had a huge cap number for 2016. So he walked away. And shame on his agent for not setting up an agreement where they wouldn't come after that money. But I think that Calvin Johnson is right to dig in on this one. This isn't like Barry Sanders, who abruptly quit on football. It was his right to do it, but it's not the same. Calvin Johnson was beaten up. Calvin Johnson was done. The team was done with him at that price. They never would have kept him for 2016. Why would you make him take the, uh, give the money back in the first place? Why not give him back the money? Come up with some phony job yes. that you pay him, and then he's happy, and you can have one of your all-time great players in the good graces of the organization and vice versa. Exactly. I mean, easily one of the five greatest players in the history of the organization. And, yeah, it's just it's a bad look for the Lions, and I understand where Calvin Johnson is mad about this. Yeah, it's not, he's got plenty of money. That's not the issue. But he's going, I would have made plenty of more money and had a, you know, a longer career career but you know what I I put my knee on the line for this football team week after week and just basically obliterated it to where it's just bone on bone and he couldn't even practice towards the end of his career he just played on Sundays and you know that's where I think as a player he's looking at and going damn okay now you're going to make me pay you back and you know I'm going to have to manage my knee issues for the rest of my life you know that that's where it's not cool and I hope that the Detroit Lions do do the right thing and find some way to compensate him or make him feel uh, better about the situation. Yeah, look, I I, uh, I agree with you, and I, it's just it was a bad decision by the team. It was bad advice, bad agenting by Calvin Johnson's representative to not just get all this worked out ahead of time because they weren't going to keep him. And if Johnson wanted to push, the team would have cut him. They weren't going to carry that twenty six million dollar cap number into twenty sixteen. All right, one more subject, and this is an expansion of what we talked about earlier. We we had a segment that focused on the best current quarterback rivalries, sparked by. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning getting together again. And and instead of focusing on the best rivalries directly, I I want to take it in a path that it kind of went on its own during the show. Yeah. Is there another potential Tom Brady-Peyton Manning rivalry out there, Chris? I I see a couple possible, but I don't see the planets lining up in the same way. Because here's the problem. You have to have two teams in different divisions. So they're likely to play each other uh, in the playoffs, more likely to play each other in the playoffs. They're not competing head-to-head, and it doesn't get subsumed within the rivalry between the two teams right. because that always takes center stage. If it's a great rivalry between two teams, it's not a great rivalry between two quarterbacks. But I, you almost need to have that, that AFC East, AFC South vibe where the Colts are clearly the best team in the South, the Patriots clearly the best team in the East, so they always finish first in the division, so they always play each other in the regular season, and they encounter each other in the playoffs. So I, I think until something like that happens, you're not going to develop a rivalry like Brady and Manning. No. And, uh, you know, some of the candidates out there, th- th- it's going to be hard for them to be in position where they're winning the division every year, and it's not going to have that that presumption that we're going to see those two two guys square off each and every season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this is the greatest rivalry I've ever seen. I really think, just thinking back about it, it's the greatest quarterback rivalry ever. And you you mentioned all the key aspects, too. And, the, you know, the other aspect I'll bring up is, is you know, 
we're in a situation where you and I, we've talked about this a lot over the last two weeks where we've said it's the golden era of quarterback play. I'm just afraid that, you know, so much of the good quarterback play is going to ruin our chance to get a rivalry, right? You know what I mean? Okay, gosh, it looks like Mayfield and Mahomes that's going on the right track where we might have a rivalry in the future. But then Deshaun Watson gets on fire for two years in a row, and then we don't see, you know, Mahomes and Mayfield play each other. Those are the things I worry about. It's really the overall greatness of quantity of quarterbacks we got in both divisions, especially in the AFC where you do see, like you said, the potential for some of these great ones where I go, man, there's so many great QBs, though, that they might cancel each other they're out to where we never get that really one-on-one rivalry like Manning and Brady because there was a there was years there where Manning and Brady were just so far above the rest of the NFL that that's what made it so great and so far above the rest of the AFC that it, it just they stood alone and that's where it was special to where I don't know if we'll get two quarterbacks that can just stand alone by themselves like that in the same conference ever again. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, there's so many factors that go into it. And I, I just I, I wish I would have appreciated it more while it was happening because we may not see another one. We, we might look, you, you got to have guys about the same age. I think Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes have a chance, but I can't see the Browns and the Chiefs consistently winning their divisions. I think the Chiefs, yes. The Browns, it's going to be difficult. Right. So they're not going to play every year. And, may, you know, if both teams aren't winning their divisions, then it's less likely they're going to meet in the playoffs. So in the NFC, you know, Wentz and Goff, we mentioned during the show, the problem is Wentz is always injured when the playoffs roll around. Yeah, right. And, uh, I, you know, and, and he was injured last year when they played in the regular season. Nick Foles won that game for the Eagles against the Rams. I mean, that's got potential. But, but again, are the Rams going to run that division for the next five years? I don't think so. Are the Eagles going to run the NFC East for the next five years? I don't think so. There's no division right now other than the AFC East where you can point to one team and say that team owns the division, yeah. which I, I, think, I think you need two divisions like that with quarterbacks who are young enough that they're going to be around for a while, about the same age, so they will be around for as long. Although, here's Tom Brady, years after Peyton Manning's retired, still going strong. But I think that's what we need. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have it anytime soon. No, I don't either. I think we'll see a lot of great quarterback duels throughout seasons and years where we're going to go amazing. But I don't know if we'll get that consistent rivalry like we did with Manning and Brady. All right, Chris, you're cut loose for four weeks. Damn, that's Assuming it? Assuming that they'll have us back. See, I, once we go away, you know, they may decide, hey, we're kind of okay without those guys. But, uh, uh, I don't know. I looked at well, – I mean, they might. I looked at my contract. They still got to pay me. So, that, that they, you know, they can do that if they want. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that angle. But here's the bottom line. We've done it before, and we've always been back. We will be back. And here's the thing. I'm not going anywhere because I'm going to continue to do PFTOT on weekdays. Any weekday you're bored, Chris – and you want to drive over, it's only five minutes. If you just feel like you want to, you know, get back on the horse for a day, come on over. We'll, right. we'll make a space for you, and uh, we'll have some fun. I have a feeling you're not going to take me up on that. See you July 29th, Mike. Hey, how about – but, you know, we, we established that your wife, Danielle, at some point is going to be saying to you, when do you go back to work again? Yes. So maybe I should tell her, if she ever gets exasperated right. with you, right. tell you to go to Studio 6 – for, you know, just to get out of the house for an hour and we can do this anytime okay. you want to do it. Maybe we'll do that. You can dangle it out there in front of you me. Don't, maybe you I'll don't say mean, yes, no, but no. we'll see yeah, how maybe. that goes. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that means shut the hell up and leave me alone. Too much will to be leave. predicated on what I've done the night before with those decisions, too. And that, you know, this time of the year, we don't know where that could go. It's like I don't have to get up early the night before. It could be a lot of fun. So I don't know if I want to deal with you the next morning.
Well, enjoy the hiatus. And everybody, we'll be back tomorrow with PFT Live, PFTOT. And like I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be doing videos, PFTOT, et cetera, during our hiatus. So, you know, some of us continue to work, even though don't tell anybody this really isn't work. If we would tell people that, they'd stop paying us. It's kind of fun, and I'm going to miss doing it. Yeah. But, uh, Chris, it's been a great – I guess it's the, the end it's of the our end of season. our year, right? Right, yeah. It's the end of our year. Right. Four weeks later, 2019 officially begins. Let's so enjoy butt. it, buddy. Great work as always, and we'll see you soon. You too, man. Thanks for having me as always. It is a fun doing the show with you, man. All right, bye. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.